Click that. And we are live. So, yo, welcome, Mr. Bashment Booth. Welcome. We are so excited to have you here. Particularly, I'm excited because it's been, I don't know that many DJs, right? So, in general, it's always exciting to have it when uh, the DJs come through. But for everybody, my name is Holden Stefanroy. This is Bridge the Gap, and this is the show where we take very smart and interesting people like Bashman Booth over here. We bring them on through, and we have a conversation about their life, and we learn a bunch of knowledge nuggets based on the experiences he's had, and we learn a whole bunch of stuff about him that maybe we didn't know before. And uh, that, that's how it goes, you know? It's kind of like we're filling out your wiki page over in this little interview here. It's a fun time. Um, but I like Bashman Booth. This guy is very interesting to me. So back in the summer times or whatever, falls, whatever, sometime when it was legal to leave and go places, uh, I get uh, my homeboy hits me up and he's like, yo, I got this interview thing. It's in some guy's basement in Ville Saint Laurent. Uh, da, da, da. We should go, you want to come with me? And I'm like, all right. So I went. I had no idea what to expect. You got to understand. I was not prepared. Nobody told me what I was walking into this basement. It was like a real thing. So we walk in and you got Bashman there DJing and shit. There's fucking cameras up all over. Everything's fucking set up. There's this beautiful fucking couch and shit. Everything's just laid out. And then all of a sudden, one of the top artists in Cote d'Ivoire walks in the fucking room. I'm like, the fuck is happening here? What? Yeah, Cote d'Ivoire, the country in Africa there. One of their best artists shows up in Bashment Booth's basement. Everybody's rapping. Everything's fucking lit. And it was all proper. And I'm like, the fuck is this place? I've never seen anything. Well, this guy's basement? Is that lit? Never heard any of it before. Then the Twitch revolution comes through. Uh, DJs is migrating. Boom. Bashment Booth's right there. I think you're part of the Bangers and Mash lineup and some other stuff. I might be wrong about that. I don't really remember all the lineups. But yeah, anyway. So Bashment's up on Twitch. Bashman's not doing his thing. I'm super excited to learn about the origins of uh, Mr. Bashman Booth. So I have a little bit of a token first question. It's a little bit of a story. And then after that, we'll get into talking and learning all about you. So basically, um, my girlfriend was washing the dishes one time. And she was listening to that Black Eyed Peas song that, I got a feeling. Ooh. And she's like fucking dancing and she's washing the dishes and she's doing her thing. And I'm going, yo, wait a second. Y'all remember how, like, fucking 10 years ago, we were all in the clubs dancing in the circle, smashed to that very same song. Yo, tonight's tonight. All that good shit because we were fucking faded. And now we're all grown-ups and it's chores music or exercise music and all these other vibes that are now attached to this very song that used to be club music. Which got me thinking about the club music of today and how this shit's all just going to turn into the chores music of the future. I'm not going to lie. It's a funny thought when you really think about it. And then... It got me thinking about musics and vibes and all this kind of shit. And yo, when we often think about our own musical journeys, we usually go to that like puberty era and we start getting attached to music and getting into it. But that's not really like the start of the story, right? So it really starts like when we're super young and we have like no control over the sounds around us, right? So I was thinking about like my parents because that same chores thing. My mom used to have the discos. My dad used to put on the Led Zeppelins. He used to play all these tapes and stuff and it would go through all the speakers. And when we were in the car for some reason, it was like Krista Berg time. But that was not in the apartment. And so like already, even in my life, there were just like sounds and vibes that got like associated to things that would further lead into my own musical journey. So I figure if we're going to do this right, we need to start with when Bashman Booth is like as young as he can remember 
I mean, if you could walk us through the sounds of like when you were that young, what your parents would listen to, siblings, whatever it is, just what sounds were around you when you were little, and you know, tell us a bit about the music in your life then. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, and um, thanks for uh, you know looking out for me from last time because I, I don't think people know that you came to my place last time to help me out with some um, software things I did and really didn't know how to you know work out so well so i much appreciate that too and um back to your question um like i said both of my parents are born and raised in jamaica and growing up in montreal um coming from a like a very cultural cultural background i deal with a lot of italians greeks armenians i grew up with a lot of different cultures so i listened to a lot of different kind of music from like like i said led zeppelin is one of them rock and roll um classical hip-hop i just listened to all kind of music and especially my mom put me into music when i was young so just to listen to a different sounds and instruments i just i just adapt to a lot of different kind of different kind of sounds and just uh, it just came into me so man i'm it's hard to man i love music just have to tell you music all kind of different music so i was always open-minded to all different kind of music and different kind of culture. That's how I was raised from my mother. I didn't grow up with a father, which I'm trying to say. My mom is the one that raised me. My mom is the one that showed me all, all different kind of cultures from different kind of people, so I adapted them. And the music situation is that um, when I went into music school, I tried all different kind of instruments. But uh, you the went to music was, school? Yeah, I went to music school. My mom put me into music school when I was like three, four years old. No and shit, the that's why super is, interesting. Yeah. And my music school is no longer there anymore. Back in the days, it used to be up in uh, Snowden, which is like on Queen Mary. And my music teacher was named Mr. Barton, uh, uh from Poland, straight from Poland. Came down and speak to Montreal, maybe like in the early 60s, that's how I was told. And he took me in as if I was his own child and raised me. And mm. he made sure that how... It wasn't only one instrument I was focused on. He made, me, he made sure I was focused on all different kind of instruments. I played some piano, guitars, drums, violin. Just name it, I played it all. But piano was actually one of the instruments that uh, I fell in love with the most. So from at the age of 13, 14, I was playing like recitals. I was going around places. I was actually running. See, a lot of people don't know this, so I'm going to open up. I'm, ha I'm actually happy about this show. But no one noticed at the age I was 13, I was actually voted in rank probably like maybe around eight or ninth all over Quebec at my age. I was one of the best piano players. You were one of the best piano players at that age. Right, like at that eight. time at my age. Wow. That's yeah. that serious. Yo, this is exactly yeah. what we're trying to do here because people don't know these <laughs> things because people they don't, don't know often that. talk about these things. We don't think about them that young. About it. <laughs> I never so this talked is perfect. The first um, time, so at that time, yeah, I was actually ranked. Were you like uh, like performing and like because you know, if you went to a school, were you like doing recitals and all this kind of stuff? I was, when doing, you were that. I was doing that. I was doing recitals. I was actually traveling places around Quebec. I was going to churches, and I was playing in front of like uh, a lot of people. Like even though I'm having like a live band actually behind me while I was playing the piano, so. And we would do rehearsals. I think my rehearsals would do maybe like 
two or three times a week it was just rehearsing. So when I would finish school, come home, do what I have to do. And then after that, I would go straight up to my uh, Queen Mary and start, re start rehearsing, get ready for my big costume. Yo, and there was crazy. actually someone else with me too, who was actually one of my good friends. He's no longer here right now. He passed away at young age. But he was actually ranked maybe at his age, maybe six or seven before me. And he was someone I actually looked up to. And he was younger than me, but I really looked up to him because he was the one playing the piano before me. It was actually mm. his father, who uh, was very close with my mother. Uh, they both work at the same hospital. He's the one who considered that I will go into music school with a son. And okay. we'll go together and start learning different instruments. So I actually started them also too. Yo, honestly, Bashman both, we're like, what, barely into it? And you've already dropped bombs on us for real. Like, that's serious. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's yeah. truly incredible. I think um, sometimes people have an attitude about Montreal because we don't know the history and the greatness of the people that actually make up our city and our scene. We don't know that we have so many cool people like Bashman Booth, who A, is running this interview live cypher thing or this basement is fucking lit, who also was one of the top pianists once upon a time in the province. Like, that's big shit, my guy. That shit you should be so proud of. I mean. I appreciate it. I thanks my mom, too, man. Like I said, my mom is the one who put me into the music school. She's done a lot to me. Mm. So let's go back to being young, because, I mean, there's definitely a lot of stuff that is to talk about still, because there's other parts of it. Are you a dancer when you're, like, five? Are you all about the dancing and trying to get that attention, or are you a shy guy not doing it? Uh, I wasn't a shy guy. I love to dance. Like, I still, to this day, I love to dance. Fortunately, mm. we can't go clubbing or partying like we used to, but still, it doesn't stop me from dancing and enjoying myself. I feel you. So you're already in the dance from when you're young, because these are elements, right, right. to this hip-hop world? Yeah. There's elements to it. So you got the MC, the DJs, you know, the dancings, the graffitis and stuff. So I just kind of ask people, you know, in those realms to see what else they're up to. Were you a dryer? Were you one of those kids who was into drawing? Are you an artistically visual guy? Um, drawing, like I said, uh, wasn't really a hobby, but there'll be times I'll just pick up a pen and paper and just think of something just creating and just draw here and there. But like I said, my, my hobby was strictly just Either if it wasn't for music, I'll be playing my sports because I'm playing mm. hockey, okay. I'm playing football, I'm playing soccer, I'm playing a lot of sports in time. And so if it wasn't you were an music. athlete and a top tier oh, yeah. musician at a young one, so you're already busy, busy, and you're already learning how to time ah. manage and process artists from the. You know, something I find interesting is that a lot of people sometimes don't necessarily know how many hours of practice and like effort goes into honing a skill. So if you already fucking with music now for like three decades plus kind of thing, you know, that's like a serious amount of time put into the craft and like pushing it, you know, that's serious amounts. And so it's worth talking about how much you've practiced and dedicated your life. That's dedicating almost your entire life to it. I didn't even start till I was a teenager and getting interested. You're like three, four years old already there. That's fucking big, man. Oh man, <laughs> like that said, man. If you have a mother that I have, tell you she 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 will push you to the end. That's for sure. But I, there was never a quit instance. It's impossible mm. for me to quit. So to this day, it's impossible. Um. So let's uh let's say you're okay. So you're like turning into a teenager. You're already like invested in music heavy. So I have a question then. Since you're already playing music this whole time. What's your relationship with music like as a fan? Like, are you into music as a fan at this time? Or is it just like a, a job because you're doing all this practice stuff? Oh, it's a fan. Absolutely a fan. I love music. 
I love music. I love all different kind of cultural music. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter about my background. Like I said, I'm open ears to all kind of different kind of sounds of music, and that's how it's supposed to be. If so you love you music, if you love music, it's not supposed to be one specific kind of style of music. You're supposed to love all kind of music. No, but no what music. I meant it more is like I don't talk to a lot of people who are actually practicing, practicing like that from like time like that, like since you were super, like you know, so. I know that like people who make music kind of have a strange relationship with music where sometimes it's hard to become a fan because you're so in it. That's why I was kind of coming from. So given that you're playing all the music, like in my, so, but in your case, if you just fucking loved everything, that's just blessed. Like that, that's, that's like the best possible situation. You're making music and you're loving music and it's around you. What part of Montreal did you grow up in? Uh, Zucelara, Cartersville area. Zucelara, Cartersville. Yeah. Yo, we got a question, if you don't mind, from the, the Twitch. I like to I let the Twitch people ask questions. So, DJ Crystal sure. Clear wants to know your top five rappers. And I never asked that, so if it shows up, I do. Top five rappers? Well, Nas is always going to be my number one. I don't even care what anybody says. I'm a Nas. I'm a diehard Nas fan. been following Nas because uh, I've got another team, too. I grew up also in New York. Not born and raised, but I grew up because uh, I was saying pretty much living in my grandmother, which is living in Queens. So you actually grew up to the New York style of rap, you know. But Queens, you gotta support my boy Nas. Nas is one of my all-time favorite rappers. Uh, of course, you know I love Biggie and Tupac as well, because I, I I'm a, I, I love lyrics, right? Lyrics. I deal with more lyrics. But I said that uh, this new kind of sound. Of course, they've got to accept it because it's a new generation, but I'm a, I, I, I love lyrics, right? So I have Nas, I have Biggie, I have Tupac. Um, man, two more, eh? Oh, uh, you know, you got to go uh, Big Daddy King, of course, and of course, you have to go to Rakim as well, right? Mm, I respect You that. have to deal with those two legends, those two inspirations right there. That's, that's fucking you big. Know? When did you oh, get yeah. in New you York? You have to go. pardon? When did you go to New York? Uh, I was in New York around in the early '80s, so I mean, I'm a '70s baby. So um, I was, I pretty much was living in New York around '81, '82. So it was pretty much like a back and forward thing. It's to the point where, like, every summer, I was always in New York by my grandmother's house. If I'm landing in New York, I'll be in Jamaica, one or the other. Jamaica, New York, it was either one or the other. Mm. Okay, I respect that. That's it's helpful because I'm sure somebody else was going. Wait, when did he go to New York? Anyway, so that's good to hear. Yeah. These questions. <laughs> yeah, the show um, is actually letting me come up. <laughs> um, Learning too much about me, man. Nah, but that's the goal. But it's all good stuff. Yeah. We don't ever talk about the bad stuff over here. I'm not DJ. Never. No, there's nothing bad about me. Let's try to keep it that way. Hey, listen, I never said it was, but I'm saying we never go there. Yeah. We just never do it. It's not interesting. Right. People want to hear about how you were a musical prodigy when you were 12. That's the interesting shit. So what happens then with high school? Where do you go to high school? And are you doing this uh, music thing all throughout high school? Or <clears throat> does it, like, change at some point? At high school, I was still doing the music. And uh, I went to Father Mac, by, by, if you want to know. But my school is no longer there. Father Mac is uh, up in Jocelyn Ron. across the street from um, Sir Winston, which is now what Lawrence We call it Lawrence now. Mm. Um, yeah. Music, like I said, music, even my high school was always in me. But there was, a, there was a moment in high school time where I wasn't really... I could curse sometimes. I could curse. You can swear <laughs> all you are. Okay. Right 
Well, no, I wasn't uh, fucking around. No R word. Yeah. No R word. Yeah. Nothing LGBTQT plus. All the other cuss yeah. words is okay. All right. Well, like I said, I wasn't fucking around with music too tough. Like I've been playing the piano because there was a moment where when I was playing sports, like I told you, I got into a sports injury where I kind of shattered uh, my bones into my one of my fingers right here, actually. Properly healed, but those kind of shattered. It kind of kept me back from playing the piano for at least maybe like a year or two. It's to the point where I got kind of too comfortable, where I kind of set me back from playing the piano like I used to play. But it never stopped me from uh, listening to or getting involved in music. Matter of fact, I think that's me shattering my fingers where it actually started me to getting through the DJ. And the so DJ that was just like an adaptation then, right? Like so. Yeah. So it's in theory, there's another started. world where you're in the Mike, the Montreal Symphony Orchestra. Like that's another possible yeah. future for you. And now we have this version. I think we got the better yeah. version, to be honest with you. I like this bashman. <laughs> so I guess I ordered through my fingers getting shattered then, eh? You know what, man? I like to find the silver linings. It's kind of a painful one, but if it gets us the greatness, then we got the greatness, right? Well, it worked out that way, then, eh? Well, that's exactly what happened. Um, and it, I shattered my thing, shattered the bones in my finger, and from there, I ended up rotating into the DJ. And of course, them times when I'm DJing, it's strictly vinyl. You didn't have like those laptops and all these kind of stuff. So, so let's say, when is this times? Oh, definitely like in the early 90s, maybe around 93, 94, those times. Okay. Yo, shout yeah, out Don up. Smooth with this sub. Woof. Oh, that's man. big. Yeah, you know Don Smooth. That's my brother right there. Actually, he's the one who, who actually is one of my influence. He's the one who brought me everywhere he goes and showed me how it is. I'm being real. Don Smooth is actually the one who inspired He's my inspiration. Real talk. I'm happy he's on the show. The, the watch this and listen to him. He's what really my inspiration. He brought me everywhere. Yeah, that food has brought me everywhere, traveling, and I've seen everything he's done. And that's actually one of the reasons why, to this day, I'm still DJing and continue to DJ because of Don Smooth. And I can tell you, he said that to me with like almost those exact words off camera one time. So he's being fucking sincere when he says that. No, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah, love it true. when people give love where it's true due. Um, but as so so tell us then again about how uh you got into djing like what what actually made that happen for you well well those times i had um you no know, we call it the boom box back in new york you know those big tape that yeah so that's what it started off by um those times there around the early 90s you know house music was a big thing in montreal house music that's how it was back in the early 90s strictly house music radio house music doesn't matter, you couldn't escape the house music. That's all it was on the radio. And what I used to do is uh, I used to listen to the radio station. And there were times where um, I wasn't home. I said, man, I need to record because I knew what was going to come on. I needed to put the tape deck in and sit record and record what's on the radio. Mm. Then it's to the point where um, I realized there's so much commercial talking going on. So I would use another tape deck and I would actually record the music on one side and I would actually cut out the commercials and I would actually make myself my own my own cassette. As if like you would actually think that how mm. listen to my cassette, you would actually think you were buying the cassette at the record store. Back in the days where it was what, HNZ that we used to have. We don't have any more record stores, but those times where HNZ was it Sam the Record Man, all these kind of stuff. You would actually think that you're buying my my rec my my tape deck 
my tape at the record store. Just that way I would cut it out. It was so good that actually I would let other people listen to it. And they were like, man, like, uh, you should get into this. Like, you should seriously get into this because the way I'm cutting this out is like it's coming out so perfectly. So I said, all right. So I started doing that. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I realized, man, I could do this. Then uh, a family friend of mine, his name is uh, Jimmy Abergazi. He was actually a house music DJ. And I was very close with his younger brothers. Like, we practically lived across the street from each other. So mostly every weekend, I'll be over their house. And while I'm over the house playing with his brothers, his, oh, the oldest one, Jimmy, you'll be in his bedroom and you have his two record players, two vinyls. And he would start doing his mixes and everything. I would listen. And that's the thing about me. My ears are always open. Even I'm having a conversation with you, I can always listen to the other side and hear different kind of sounds. My ears have always been an open mind when it comes to different sounds and music. And Jimmy pretty much caught, it, music he was playing, he caught on to me. I would sneak in his room. He wouldn't even know I was in his room. I would just listen to him mixing because he has the earphones, so he doesn't know I'm in his room listening to him. And it's to the point where he caught me and he brought me into his room and he just pretty much showed me the basics of what he what he's doing from like playing one record song and how to mix it for the next record song. So he would show me the basics. So it's to the point where every weekend you would um, his younger brother would think that actually not coming by his house to play with them, but I was really going by to see the older brother. I learned more of the mixing, what he was doing on the vinyl. And, you know, my mother, those times, you know, like, you know, she's working nine to five jobs at the hospital. She's there working night shifts, mornings. Those times I'll hardly see my mother. So I'll be always by there, sleeping over. I was just 24-7 on the vinyl until I was able to get my own vinyl. And when I first got my own vinyl, my... I wasted no time. I think that record vinyl probably last maybe a day or two. I broke that shit. Because, <laughs> you know, trying to do these scratches and all these kind of stuff. I was trying to do scratches before actually trying to mix. But I was so fascinated with the scratches when I was pretty much supposed to pretty much learn the basics of mixing, right? And um, So what are the basics like? Give us a crash course on the basics. Oh, basically, like, you know, like um, trying to mix one song to the next song with the faders and all that. And also trying to listen to the to the beat, how to catch it, all the basic things, all the basic things, right, you know. And also trying to mix from, like, for example, like a hip-hop song into an R&B song. All the different kind of sounds, you know, the basics, right? These are the basics you guys have to know when it comes to mixing and beating. Especially when it comes to vinyl. We didn't have these push buttons. DJ controls all these new technologies, how it is now. Awesome. Explain it with more yeah. detail uh, because, while well, for you, it's mad simple and clear. For people, like the show's called Bridge the Gap, right? Because I don't, right. I mean, I can picture some of what you're saying, but pretend I don't know it a little more. Because, yo, that's interesting. Like, I'm trying to picture you have the like, okay, there's like two vinyl players and then you connect them together somehow. Like, how, how are you actually doing this? Well, I mean, like, for example, like, they see the new DJ controllers. They have, like, the, they have these um, the pads, right? The push-button pads. Yeah. So what it is is that with these push-button pads, is like, if you want to, for example, if you're, if you're playing a song and you want to mix it to the next song, well, with the push-button pads, you actually can press the button where exactly where you want to start to mix it to the next song, right? By pushing one of the buttons. So you could just two in. You actually call it like a two mm. in to the next song. But, of course, with the vinyl, is different because it's a record. And we, there's like the edge of the vinyl is like, you know, the record player in the pad. 
or you start to use it like the edge of it, like they either slow it down or they tap on it, like if it's a bus, but really like the. Uh, man, it's like you probably would understand it more if I was actually so into you, but it's. No, I'm following you, believe it or not. Yeah. You're doing great. But with the, vinyl, with the vinyl, yeah, exactly. With the vinyl, like I said, you have like, um, you have the return table pad, whatever, and use the edge of it to, to either slow it down or speed it up to capture it into the next one to blend it in. So okay. that's the difference between the vinyls and the push button pads with the DC controller, how it is now. Like I said, the technology is different how it was back in the day, but no complaints, right? Because back in the day, we, were, we had to have like three, four people. And to make sure you have three, four people with uh, uh, milk crates full of records and trying to help us carry it into the club back in the days, right? Don mm-hmm. Fool knows, understands that. He understands that. Yeah, it was a workout. It was, like, it was actually more of a workout, man, going to the club than actually going to the gym. <laughs> That's sick, though. I appreciate you sharing that. Believe it or not, this is, this is great stuff. So you start learning how the basics work, and then what happens? How does it evolve into the next thing? <clears throat> Well, then, uh, like I said, then after that, um, my friend Omar, family friend, I used to call my brother there, his, um, his father in New Jersey, he is involved into um, like keeping little record stores, get connecting to music equipment, all these kind of things. And now, there was a moment time where I, hadn't, I wasn't in DJing. I, was, I started mixing whatever. This is around maybe from the late nineties, early two thousand, all right. I was I, I worked at the the hospital, right? Mm. Oh my <laughs> See, I told you he hit his ear and then this shit happened. I, uh... <laughs> oh that's that's pretty that's that's happened never before. <laughs> that's the first. That is definitely a first. This is awesome. I don't know. Chris, I don't, cut out the boring parts, but definitely leave in this a little bit explaining it. This is funny. Welcome back. Are you with me? Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, I'm not doing this Air Force shit. Fuck that. Because, yeah, it seemed like you touched your ear again. And yeah, I didn't touch it. I took that shit out one time. Man. I, I took that. I said, you know what? Fuck that, man. I ain't taking this shit off, man. And All right, DJ, so let me take this. It got so to DJ Rookus says, stop touching yourself. <laughs> so here it is, all right? So the late 90s, early 2000s, all right, I was working at the Jewish General Hospital. That's where me, Don Spool, most of the DJs that you meet as we speak, we all work at the hospital. Matter of fact, majority of the DJs in Montreal, the top name DJs, we all work at the Jewish General Hospital. So we have this family bonding even before DJ. So there was a moment of time where, like I said, and I was telling you that how Don Spoot is actually one of my influence and the reason why I DJ to this day. Don Spoot was probably traveling all over Quebec, Montreal, just name it, clubs here, events, just name it. Even when we're doing events at the hospital, like Christmas parties, all that. I was there 24-7 with Don Spoot. And just watching him play all these kind of music, just watching the crowds, how they're reacting, it just brought me back into why I love music and the reason why I had to get back into playing music and DJ. So if, if Don Spoon is still watching the show, I want to say says no lie. Is he still there? Is he still he watching? Says, uh, he is, and he co-signs what you're saying. So he says no lie, you good, and he yeah. hears you. Yeah, 100%. Don Spoon is the one of the main reasons why he brought me back into wanting to DJ and play music. 
just to, just to see what he does and how he rocks the crowd. And still to this day, that guy is a true legend. And if you watched the show yesterday, Bangers and Mash, every Tuesday on Twitch, you already see one of the reasons why I, I DJ to this day. Mm. He doesn't even lose a rust. <laughs> nah, he's amazing. I, I didn't know who Don Smooth was until I started this current journey in my life. And now I'm so blessed to know that Don Smooth exists. Y'all should follow Don Smooth on Twitch. He's lit. Follow Bashman Booth. Follow all the people with the word DJ or Don Smooth in their names. I'm just saying. Those are good people to know. Because, yo, you sit there. Yo, what's up, Jamal Hussein? You sit there, though, you're at work or you're at whatever. And let's be real. Sometimes you just don't want to think about what's on to play next. But you also don't want that silent. We in work from home times now. It's not like there's the, the normal buzz of the office. Then you go on Twitch and you find a DJ. And you know what's extra blessed? They go, what up behind that suit? Or insert your own name. It just makes you feel so good. Like, not only are you on the radio or getting that fucking vibe with somebody with probably better taste than you, they also say your name and interact with you. It's a fucking lit time. And Bashman Booth is another guy that you are going to see rocking the sets, killing it right there. He's got this beautiful light. It's all sorts of good shit. <laughs> nah, it's true, though. Um... So, right, so let's go back to the story with um uh so Don Smooth is inspiring you, you're working at the hospital, and then when do you what happens next? Oh, like I said, um just watching him play and everything, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, maybe around oh five, oh six is when I actually purchased my own C D turntable. So now I don't have the vinyls, now I'm into the C D turntable because that's actually started to come in before the DJ controllers. The CD vinyls, right? I don't know. CDJs, CD I still have the CDJs now. I have literally no <laughs> idea what that is, my guy. I've never. Is that heard now, of it. like I said, it's not the vinyls anymore. It's not the DJ controller, which is now. It's now That's... you're putting CDs inside to play your music now. So you're right. mixing with the CDs now. Is it the same shit? You're like scratching, or you're just doing it? Yeah, the same thing. Just now it's the CD now. So you have the two. You have the two CD vinyls. So that's the new thing now, before we had the DJ controllers. So now I ended up purchasing my own CD turntables and now I'm starting to get into the back into the music thing, whatever. But I'm not playing out yet because I still have to get back into the mixing because I'm completely rusty. And when I had my first actually gig show was at Sharky's. I don't know if Sharky's still around. It's up on, um, what is it's it? Not, it's not, it's it, not, it closed and it- Oh, Sharky's closed down. I'm pretty sure. I might be wrong. I might be wrong, actually. Well, Sharky's was actually my first gig. Where was it at? Let's just say where at. But where is it at, you were saying? Uh, I think it's on uh, Lackadie. Lackadie, mm. just off, uh, was it Corfidu Lackadie? Yeah, right. Lackadie. It's up on Lackadie Street. So uh, if people know about Sharky, Sharky was actually one of the big popular pool hall places where everybody used to hang out. And it was actually run by uh, Otis Grant, which is the professional boxer in Montreal. Big up Otis Grant. He used to That's throw a lot cool. of uh, parties over there. Okay. And yeah, so... So, so tell us about your first gig. Uh, my first gig, well, Smooth was actually there. Uh, my first gig there, we did like an event. was a Victoria's Secret event. So we were just trying to bring into the... We were just Wait, trying what? to bring in the... You know, the, the people, the fans, and trying to do like events and um, trying to bring a lot of women around, letting them know like, you know, the best best looking women with the best outfit whatever will get a 
we'll get a gift card and a certificate to Victoria's Secret, whatever we could do just to bring in the people. It wasn't really a big success, you know, because now, you know, you're starting to uh, promote and we didn't do it too well. So it wasn't really a big crowd, but we still had supporters, right? But it was just, it was the first start. And from there, we end up building, we end up building. Not and sure. then from it's, there, I end up doing things on my own, actually. I end up doing things on my own because my okay, partner... Let's go back to, so let's go back to the beginning of that. Tell us about throwing an event. Tell us about what it was like back then. I know a little bit about the like late 2010s throwing events, but I don't know what it's like back in 2006. You got to go into more details, my guy. Well, back in 2006, well, I mean, back in 2006, I think was maybe the era where um, things were starting to really change in a different way. Like it started to get more, uh, how you say it? Um, more rough, I could say, maybe into the music thing, the clubs. I think the music that's there was playing out right now, I guess, got, kind of get everybody more into a hyper kind of situation, I could say. I don't know too, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, it's different, man. It's different compared to now. Now we have no clubs right now, right? <laughs> Everybody's on Twitch. But even then, uh, I mean, we, we this is like just after the smoking ban that you would have gotten into this so you're in a pretty like volatile live scene that's shifting as bars are adapting to the things like i know on the west island everything closed in 2006 the west island eh all the bars there's like five okay so i'm i'm i turn 18 and it's mm -hmm. 2005 and all the smoking like i swear it's like i turned 18 and smoking got banned and everything closes that's what happened to me at that point in my life and that's the end of 2000 uh maybe 2006 so right in that era the bars all of a sudden i don't know exactly what year but whatever i know when i turned 18 fucking all this shit was no longer allowed to smoke so all the bars sucked ass for a while um obviously things bounce back life moves on but it was a really to me a transitionary era of the live scene just because of that so it's nifty that that's when you got into it oh um, <laughs> it was really 2017 so long ago, man, on time flies. Really, 06, 07, where um, everybody was, was allowed to stop smoking? It was 05, 06. It was, okay. around, it was around then for sure. I was in mm -hmm. Sejep. Like, I, okay, I started Sejep in 05, and that was the first year you couldn't smoke inside this school. So at wow. the end of 05, it was illegal at that point. And so, man, you're yeah. making me feel old, man. I'm not young, my guy. <laughs> you make me feel old, man. You're making me feel really old. I didn't realize yeah, it was like that time. I mean, age, wisdom, experience, all the good things that come with it. It's not the worst thing to get older is what I'm learning. It's a fun time. Um, mm. But 06, yeah. 07, that's where the music was more, like I say, more uh, more clubbish. Hip-hop yeah. was more clubbish kind of way. T-Pick had uh, Lil Wadies and all that. Like that, that auto-tune was coming at that time. Oh, I forgot about the auto-tune. Man, T-Pain and all these guys, the auto-tune. I mean, uh, Don smells like we used to smoke in the hospital. That's amazing. <laughs> mm, little John that's, was that's true. We used to smoke in the hospital. Everything, man. Time has changed, man. There's a lot of things we used to do. We can't even do it anymore. I never got to experience it. I turned 18 and the shit was all fucking done. And everybody was complaining and telling me how good it was last year. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that sucks ass. I was like, yo, we used to roll blunts and smoke it inside of Abbott. And I'm like... The best I got was one time they had some shisha with weed in it going in a club room, and I took a couple of little puffsy poos and felt like a badass. <laughs> yeah, well, 
our generation, we the stands man, we didn't even care where you couldn't smoke. We would just find a way to smoke in there. Like I said, school is right, man. We were smoking in the hospitals then times back in the days. Mm. There's a lot of things we did. We don't want to say too much. We never want to <laughs> say too much, but sometimes yeah, yeah. some stuff is fun. Yeah. Uh, so you start getting into the shows. It's not necessarily the simplest experience, but you're still part of the scene. Are you like, are you like involved with all the MCs and all the different parts of the, the music scene at this time, or are you just kind of like oh, doing not your yet. own thing? I'm just okay. doing my own thing and um, trying to put together like events because I wasn't doing too much of the club scene. I wasn't really too much like if I would ask the DJ at the club, I would do it. But my I wasn't really too much into the club scene. I like to do more like. Uh, my own kind of thing. I like to do my own uh, events. I like to DJ like like uh, parties, like uh, weddings. And I was trying to invest in equipment on my own. So all the money I would do, like events, whatever, I would save my money on the side and start investing into DJ equipment, like speakers, wires, whatever I could find and try to uh, make a business on the side for myself. So when someone wants to DJ, or do live events, they will actually rent the equipment for me as well. So it was not only DJing, I was trying to make a, a, a business out of everything I do. So make people rent uh, equipment for me. So I was just trying to expand. I never, the thing with me, I never focused on one thing. I was trying to find another way to expand. So I wasn't only trying to focus on DJing. I was trying to see what else I can do into the music scene. So like I said, I was renting and music. I was having people rent music equipment from me, um, trying to, uh, send out um like cards whatever to do like weddings banquet parties whatever i could do so dj in the clubs was actually one of the last things on my mind too. all right so um i guess what happens with that when does it next evolve in your life so you've got the side business what else is happening then uh whatever i'm just djing i'm going here doing events in toronto as well i was actually doing after hour events in toronto i actually did a. Uh, one of the pride parades in Toronto, I actually did one of the big events. I think that's from, from there. I think that's when I started to get much more exposure. I did the pride parade event, the after hour. And one of the person who was there, he's a promoter. He knew my cousin and my cousin's friend. So he actually put me on because I was living in Toronto. I forgot to tell you that there was a, there was a time I was living in Toronto for 10 years. And I, that's a big gap. Why did you live in Toronto? 10 years. Nobody knew that. Only the close, only the close family friends would know I was in Toronto. I would actually keep my five one four number, and people would call me thinking I'm in Montreal, but not knowing I'm in Toronto. So I was in Toronto for a good ten years. That's like okay. Why? I mean, what? Like that's that's wow. Nobody said anything like that to me ever before. Yeah, yeah. Because I left the I left the Jewish General Hospital, and I was working at Toronto General Hospital. So while I was working there in Toronto, I was, I was actually um, my cousin who was doing the security at one of the bars in Toronto. He actually brought me in to do an event with another DJ, and that's when I started. That's when I started to grow. From there, that's when I started to grow. They heard the they heard the style of music I was playing. They asked me if I could come every Saturday. Then from every Saturday, they were asking if I could come every Friday and Saturday. And that's when I started getting into the, the house music, matter of fact. That's when I started DJing back into the house music. Because the style of music that they, they were more into was more progressive house music, techno, all this kind of stuff. And the thing about house music and techno, 
this is my opinion. I'm sure other DJs, you know, they have their different opinion. But me, if you could mix house music as a DJ, I think you could mix any kind of other, and you could mix any kind of music, hip hop, right. reggae, rock and roll. I'm telling you, think about the house music. If you know how to mix that out, and you just could hear the different kind of sounds and the beats, whatever, you absolutely could mix it to any other kind of music or any kind of style. But why do you say that? That's an interesting thing. Uh, like I said, everybody has their opinion, but the thing with house music is, is, I think house music is one of the musics where it's much more harder to mix compared to any other musics. And the different kind of sounds and beats that you get, you have to really open up your ears and listen to the different kind of sounds and mixes from house music compared to other, other music that goes around. And if you could listen to that and mix house music, then compared to other kind of music, it should be no problem at all. Okay. So that's exactly where me mixing to the house music and getting into the flow DJ in the house music kind of helped me better when it comes to mixing other kind of music like hip hop or whatever. Okay. So now I'm deep now DJing in Toronto. Then I leave Toronto, come back. Yo, hold to up, Boston. hold up, hold up. Shout out Jamal Hussein who subscribed with the primes and that's big love. Appreciate yes, that. Heavy. Jamal. Black and for all y'all, March 24th, I believe it is, Jamal Hussein will be on the other side of me over here having a conversation. So you all can uh, look forward to that. No, I'm going to definitely watch that for sure. Big up Jamal, man. Mm, straight up. Uh, See, so yeah, back to you. You're heavy in the, the scene yeah. in Toronto. Well, no, I'm Yo, heavy the, in the scene in Toronto. I'm heavy the, in the scene. What, what's it like in Toronto? Like, Is the scene like a, a more organized thing? How is it different than, say, like the scene in Montreal? Well... I could tell you straightforward, but majority of the DJs in Toronto are from Montreal. Okay. And if you know and if you know the DJ scene, the best DJs around the world, I don't even care what anybody says, it's a fact. The best DJs around the world come from Montreal, Quebec. Mm. We have so much talented DJs in Montreal, Quebec, because Montreal is so small and so compact. It's like we have to move out to different cities to get much more exposure because there's so much talented DJs in Montreal. So majority of the big name DJs in Toronto are from Montreal. We just moved there to get much more exposure. Okay. So out of sense. But yeah. But the scene so in say, Toronto. So why doesn't the, the Toronto scene cultivate the best not to show throw a shade, but why is it that Montreal scene is more like profound than other places? Like what is it about Montreal scene? We have so much underground scenes in Montreal is unbelievable. You know, we're very multicultural. Montreal's a very multicultural city. And we listen and we have different kind of music and styles. And that's the one thing you gotta love about Montreal, Quebec. It is the culture and the history that makes it such a beautiful place. And um I'm telling you, man, just, uh, just the talented that we have. Even like I said, that's the one of the reasons why I did the the, the DJ Bashment Boot Show. That's one yeah, of the I, reasons. That's a fascinating comment we just got from Don Smooth. Uh, the DJs control the scene in Toronto. The promoters control Montreal. That's true, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's one of the things. The promoters do control Montreal. And we have the good ones and we have the bad ones as well. The promoters in Toronto, they're just very organized and do whatever they could do to make exposure and make a business. And that's the thing with Montreal lacks in the promoters. They get too greedy when it comes to money. They don't think about um, exposure and helping others as well. Love it. Way too greedy. Don Smoothie is absolutely, he's 100% right. It's the promoters is the problem. 
Okay, Montreal's Canada party capital is another fair comment from Don Smooth. That makes sense how we would end up with a lot of DJs. Celebrities oh, partying here all the time. Yeah. Resp- well, actually, I went to Toronto one time, and I've only been to Toronto two times. So of the one times, we were like, me and my boy were like, yo, shut up, blessings, 1973 for the follow. Me and my boy were yes. like, let's go bar hopping because I come from Montreal. Bar hopping is like 18 bars on a block in one night type shit. Yo, man, I didn't know you need a car to go bar hopping in Toronto. That was a big yeah. discovery. <laughs> we felt fucking dumb. Wasted half the night walking. Like, where the fuck it's is the next place? You different. know, like, it's a whole different vibe. I it's get now. That, because even living in Toronto and coming from Montreal, I had to adapt it to that. Because like I said, in Montreal, it doesn't matter what time it is. We're used to going out in Montreal. It doesn't matter what time it is. We could still get what we want to get. Facts. Facts. You can't do oh. that in Toronto. In Toronto, we probably don't need to take a taxi to go to one to one place to the other side. And who knows, man? That's like probably like a good hour or something. You'd be lucky if you hit traffic or not, right? Yo, all I know is Toronto is very big. And Google, okay, so like you gotta understand. I looked at the Google Maps, and you know, like how you know how big a block is in Montreal. Is you look at the right. Google Maps and you know. I didn't know that it wasn't the same in Toronto and that that block is like six times as big as the block is in Montreal. Uh, and, big, whew. big, 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 big. There's a big city, you know, a big business, business area. Like I said, if you want to, if you want to get exposure, Toronto is actually one of the places. And I thank Toronto too. I never got, much as my love, my heart, my home, but Toronto, I have to thank Toronto because Toronto is the one that actually helped me get much more exposure. And I brought the exposure from Toronto. I brought it back to Montreal. And I never left after that. So what do you mean by how How did the exposure happen? Describe the exposure. Was it just the Pride Parade or was it just more in general? Like what well, is like it a, that's different about it? <clears throat> Toronto, one thing about Toronto, they do, uh, it's not like, see, Montreal, Montreal is like almost like an every day, seven days a week. It's not like that in Toronto. In Toronto, everybody's just can't wait for the weekend to come so they can party. Toronto, Montreal, we could party Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. It's just, it's just finding a place where to have a good time. It's not like that in Toronto. So Toronto basically has events maybe every weekend or maybe every twice, a, maybe every two times a week. Who knows? But the thing is, with Toronto's events, they're very organized and they make it such a big thing that how when you do one event, who knows how much you're going to be walking out with, right? Mm. But it's a very big event. They, they're very organized, and like I said, the promoters in Toronto—they know how to—they know so, how to get things taken care of. So basically, the promoters in Toronto create almost scarcity to make each event hype. In a exactly. Exactly. Whereas I'm already watching dudes planning shows for September in Montreal, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, yo, we're still in curfew. <laughs> I'm like, okay, do right. your things, you know. So I'm like, yeah. all right, I see what she's saying now, and I'm not. It's no disrespect. I personally, I'm going to wait till a little bit past September before, like, I'm going to wait for things to, like, settle down before I worry about in person again. But um, I guess the fact that everyone's just so ready to go and throw a show, let's be real. I've always, like, told people, yo, like, every day of the week, every, there's something fucking every day of the week. Not just something. There's a hundred some things every day of the week. Pick a thing you want to do. And it's like, you don't really consider that. But then... It makes it mad hard to get your little show popping off in the sea of that. Right. I see what we're all saying. This is fucking dope, though. So it's cool in the sense that, like, Montreal is lit. 
but it's mad hard to get shit lit in your lane in Montreal, to put it in yes. a different way. Yeah, it's just too much competition. Toronto's, like I said, is much more open. So you could do an event one side. I could do the event the same day on the next side, and it won't, and it won't be any problems. Yeah, right? Because no, nobody wants Montreal, to Montreal, if you do an event the same day as another person event, you'd be lucky to get uh, get people to come to your event. It depends on the, the name, um, the fans, you know, the supporters that they have, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I've experienced a lot of this, just being an MC in the city and, and going through the live circuit uh, for quite a few years. So I dibbled and dabbled once upon a time. Uh, but like, nah, I've always thought the live scene had some some, some peculiar things about it. And I think one of the things I've realized is there is no scarcity. And it's not really the low end of the scene's fault. It's more like that tourism push at like a municipal level that created this vibe and i'm sure it's been like this forever you know i'm sure it's not a new thing that there's always something to do in montreal right anyway i just think it's interesting shit, right because at the end of the day somebody like you knows way more about successful parties than maybe other people and so your insight is invaluable all of the DJs. I came to realize in this quest that the DJs, the beat, y'all are the more interesting ones in the sense that you you watch more, you pay more attention to things that people like me are too busy talking to really notice most of the time. So that's why it's really fascinating when you have that perspective. Like it would take a Don Smooth and a Bashment booth to be pointing out the differences in Montreal and Toronto's party scenes when really we should all know this. Like this is shit all of us should know so that we could operate with a smarter sense of how to maneuver in this environment, you know? So right. Big knowledge nuggets in my eyes. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So tell us a bit then, I guess. So you're, you're, you're gaining some, so you're getting some clout over in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, when do, uh, well, what's some cool stories? I mean, you're a fucking DJ popping off, like doing your yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm popping tell off us. in Toronto. Toronto is actually is the one that boosts me up to get the exposure, get me going. And then, um, like I said, it was like every every Friday, Saturday, I'll be at two locations at the same day. I'll be I'll be somewhere uh, near Richmond Hill, which is the York region in Toronto, they call it. And then from there, I will do an event. And the same night, I'll go downtown and I'll do an after-hour event, downtown Toronto. And I'll be there from like the next day. So I'm reaching the after-hour event for like maybe like four in the morning. And I'm coming back home like Sunday, maybe two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Just and this was like almost like every weekend I was doing this, and working at the hospital as well too. That's serious. You're serious, yeah. So pretty much I picked up my, uh, I picked up my fan base, and then from there, you know, you get a homesick, whatever. I reached my goals, everything I needed to do in Toronto. So I said, all right, came back to Montreal. And uh, coming back to Montreal, I was more on the low. Nobody really knew I came back to Montreal. And I kept it that way until I started contacting the close friends, letting them on back. And wasn't DJing yet because I was just trying to settle in. Then I ended up um, reconnecting with my boy, uh, DJ Rokas, and the rest of the crew. And then from there, we just started to uh, put things together and start trying to do events and birthday parties and all that kind of stuff to get back into the scene. And then... And then from there, you know, um, I was asked to do some club events in Montreal, like the Visions and uh, um, was it? Um, there's another club there, um, Saska, all these other bars and events. Started slowly picking up. 
And then from there, I started giving people better deals on uh, like birthday parties and all this kind of stuff. And then from there, I started picking up. I started DJing back again. But the show, the DJ Bashment Boot Show, that's where I could say that doing the show and the DJ put together is where I had to take it to a next level. And as you can see, you came to the show, you saw what I was about, what the show was about. Yeah, so I'm going to get to you about the show then. So the show situation now. There was a, of course, you know, the artist Bujo Banton, right? Yes. All right. So there was a time where Bujo was um, going to be released out of prison. So I think months before his, re his release, they kept on promoting shows and events that he used to do. There was one show that was actually one of the big shows till this day that he did. It was called um, Rap City in the Basement. And if you know Rhapsody in the Basement, Rhapsody in the Basement was by far one of the hardest shows on BET where you actually see all these hip-hop artists as we speak. Like, they're in the cypher. They're in the basement. You're getting interviewed. And after the end of the interview, they're in the DJ booth and they're just giving us their freestyles and their flows, pretty much. So there was a time Buja was on the show. And I'm just there sitting down watching the show. And as... You're my witness. You came to my place. You see how my setup is at my place. Yep. <clears throat> so I'm looking at the setup of my place. I'm just looking around. While I'm watching the TV show, watching Buju Live, I'm looking at my place. I'm looking on the TV, looking at how their setup is. I'm like, man, my fucking place is way better than their place on TV, the way everything is set up. That's the fact. <laughs> That's exactly what popped into my head. And I see the DJ there. I'm looking at my section. I say, I have my own DJ boot right there. I'm just putting two to two together. I'm like, man, I could do the same fucking shit as well. Same thing. I said, I could do the same shit like BET. My setup is better. My boot is better. All I need to do is find someone who wants to work with me as a partnership, who has the connection when it comes to knowing how to do streaming, live events, you know, all the recordings, whatever you need to do. And also um, find someone who actually knows, like, Montreal artists. Because the first thing that popped in my mind is, you know what? We have so much talented artists in Montreal from DJs, musicians. Um, so much artists in Montreal that they don't even get that exposure. Mm, so I said, you know facts. what? Exactly. So I said, you know what? Why not? Why not I do the same thing in Montreal, just like Rap Scene in the Basement? But let's help these artists in Montreal get recognized. So let me make a show where I could get these guys recognized. Doesn't matter if you're an artist, you could be an athlete, anything. Come on the show, DJ Bashman Boot, and you're going to get your recognition. Plain and simple. Love that it. was the first thing about money. None of that was on my mind. The love of music, the passion, and just to let people know how much talented people we have in Montreal who's not getting recognized. We're the best, yeah. man. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I went on my own journey, right? So it's not right. like I don't. I mean, I'm, we're doing it. I'm doing. I'm here. I'm with you with this mission. You know, like. And that's one of the reasons why you came to the show too. I would have never known that you're an artist. Honestly, that was an accident. All I know is my boy Chemo hits me up one day, and he's just like straight up, "Yo, there's this thing, and it's in a basement, and like 
I don't know. I don't like going to things by myself. And I'm like, oh, okay, Kimo, what the fuck are you getting me into, right? Because you got to understand, this is not the first time Kimo has hit me up in a similar fashion during COVID to be like, there's a show opportunity thing. And I'm like, this is fucking weird, right? Because everyone else is complaining about whatever. I got to go perform a few times. Um, <clears throat> anyway. So he hits me up and we end up at this bar in the middle of wherever, wherever, with the fucking Battle Axe Montreal people doing some shit. It's like fucking weird shit, right? You know, anyway, so it's fine. It's I'm not like mad or whatever. It was a great experience. I made new friends. Life was good. So Kimo hits me up again and he's describing it. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so I come and we go in your basement and I'm like, we're, we're in it. And uh, I don't really know what happened. I would argue it was like a sequence of events transpired. I know I rapped. I know chemo wrapped and um then uh it was it was fun i made more friends and then uh then i then they've got really serious about don't go to people's houses and i stayed home for like mostly the last seven months That's man when I, you man when you first grabbed that mic i'm telling you you got everybody and uh you got everybody all shocked man because no nobody thought you would you would grab that mic and do what you do right there bro i, I gotta give it to you. you have some bars man and the thing about that. you, you just do everything on the spot. There's nothing written, nothing. You just do everything on the on, on the spot, and that's 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 what that's why I know that you have some talent right there. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's yeah. good words. But yeah, no, I mean, I guess that's true. I was honest. I wasn't even. I didn't even think I was rapping. You got to understand. I didn't. I when you asked me to do the interview portion, I didn't know what you were doing with it because nobody had explained what a bashment booth was. So I'm like, mm. nah. Kimo is supposed to get interviewed. I don't want to take this man's shine. I'm going to go stand in the corner and, you know, not do that. That was in my head. I don't realize what was even happening there. Okay. Like, I think when you um, grab the mic, I think when you grab the mic the first time, I think you already took it away from Ah, <laughs> uh, A sample I, of freestyling. <laughs> we forgot about it once you grabbed that mic. That's the truth right there, bro. We forgot uh, about it. Listen, We're like, who is uh, this guy in this suit coming to my house? Nobody knows you kept to my house in the suit. That's why I'm saying the, the title of your name says it all, bro. The suit says it all. Who is the guy behind the suit, man? Who is uh, this guy? <laughs> I yeah, I would argue I put a lot of thought into the brand. And I mean, yeah, it's perfect. Fits you perfectly, man. Fits you perfectly. It's a perfect suits you well, man. Shit. I'm not the best with the compliments. Everyone else, like I throw the compliments real well and they come back yeah. my way. I'm like, shit. All right, Don Smooth wants me to fucking freestyle, which makes me nervous because it's Don so, Smooth. Yeah, listen, freestyle for us. Let them know what you got, man. Right. The truth is seeing Don Smooth in the chat is kind of lit because it makes me feel more legitimate with my shit. I mean, I consider all the different things in the clout game and it's really about the right names, feeling the right things. Now, a lot of people get it twisted with the views and the subs and the flows and the numbers and everything. Now, I think about the reputation, the net promoters who be sharing and all the other things. And yo, this ain't really the best situation. Acapella off the dome on the internet is complicated, but still I try to keep it going. I really do believe I got the skills to show everybody that I be flowing and I know that when I drop my next projects all sorts of different shit sounds all complicated and hitting up a different market I listened to Don Smooth he said watch the women see what moves them so I started watching what moves my girlfriend and I'm like yo I gotta switch pivot and go directions different than where I was cause yo I was more interested in the buzz of the other rappers MCs guys with no ladies at their shows and yo it was like a bro fest and I'm like hmm sausages though nah I wanna flip that up I wanna see some ladies going 
whoops, flipping it up. I listen to the LMFAO. Every time they're saying getting crazy, baby, ladies, flash them titties, and it's kind of great. And I'm like, wait a second. How am I going to get the three-way unless I got some hot girls there that convinced my girl to bring her home? And I won't get that if it's dudes all in the show. All right, that was, that was enough. Just had to remind my girlfriend what my intentions are sometimes. <laughs> That's why I try to say, man. Once you grab that mic, nobody nobody knew who Kima was after that, bro. Yep. Um, See, it's look, I'm, I'm trying not to be like a bragger like that, cause you everybody fucking. You're not bragging. It's just the facts, man. Like I said, you gotta you gotta you gotta salute the ones who are who are you know got that talent. You can never waste talent, right? You have to let them. You, you always have to let the person know you got it. I don't know if I agree with that, cause you look at the legends and the legends let other people elevate them, and they don't have to say it. That's true too. That's true, so, also too. But so you also have Don Smooth. Yeah, sorry. Thanks for the bits, Don Smooth. I appreciate it. <laughs> Don Smooth throwing bits after a freestyle to me <laughs> says way more than me going, bro. I'm the illest rapper of Montreal. Get the fuck out of here, man. Fucking T-shirt and shit is still. Around. Everybody's still around. Like everybody's still around. Okay, I'm not the best. I just think that I can motherfucking hold my own, and I guarantee you if motherfuckers have me at their show, more people in the crowd will get lit than, say, other people at their show. That's all I can say. True. True. Facts. I can't say everybody. I can say people. Generalize. Whatever. Take what you will with that shit. Look, I don't need yeah. to be the best. I just am very confident. I practice every day. I fuck yo, singing is where I'm at. Fuck the rapping. The rapping got simple, right? So now it's right. like how can I expand across I have about four octaves now and I want to hit a fifth octave. You know, like I want my falsetto to be good. Can y'all rap in falsetto? That would be interesting to me. You know, like can we do these anyway, I don't want to go down this path. I can just fucking <laughs> rant for days. <laughs> yo, Bash, you rap? I'm getting a your turn. No, Let's no, I can't rap, man. I can't rap. Ah, of course That's you can. That's one thing. I can't rap. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm more of a singer, but I ain't going to be singing on the show either, too. You know? Uh, fair enough. <laughs> maybe one day. All right. Well, when, I just play music, man. When he says one day, he means maybe if I was a little drunker right now. <laughs> yeah. That's probably true, you know. That's probably true. That's um, probably true. All right, so tell us a bit about how you got started with Bashman Booth, like the actual process of getting started. So, like I said, once again, um, I'm back to, like, uh, watching this the, um, the BET rap scene in the basement. So I'm there watching, and I realized, you know, my setup is better than what I'm watching on the TV. So shout out to DJ Ruckus. His, uh, his wife's father, David, who is the owner of, uh, he, has his own, he has his own streaming business. It's called Viv Media. Okay. All right. Um, this is well. I knew David a good while because of DJ Rupp, just because, like I said, he's married to um, to um, to his um, to his daughter, right? Um, there was an event that we did. Was it uh, two thousand and I think it was two thousand and eighteen or two thousand and nineteen? It was a couple of years ago. It was at the Jamaican Association. I'm also part of a sound called King Blinger's Sound. It's a, it's, a, it's a group that we're, it's like a family group. It's a DJ group, you know, where we play like reggae music, uh, we play dubs, we do all these kind of stuff. It was actually one of our members' birthday party. So we end up doing the birthday party at the Jamaican Association. But one thing I did not know at that time is that um, the same person, David, who was part of Viv Media, 
I didn't know he does like uh, recordings or filmings, all this kind of stuff or video editing. I didn't know that until I saw him at that at that specific event. He had his cameras, he had everything set up to do recordings of, for the show. And it didn't click into me at that time until watching the bas until watching um, Rhapsody in the Basin. I'm like, you know what? I need to contact David and find out if he's, um, if I actually tell him about an idea about doing the uh, same thing as Rhapsody in the Basin, but do it into in, my house, if he would be interested to actually work together because I don't have the cameras. I don't have the equipment. He has it. The only thing I have is the DJ, the DJ and the music, right? And my place. So I ended up contacting him and I told him my idea. And I didn't even get a chance to explain to him everything. He just said, you know what? I'm going to come to your house right now. Mm. I thought he was joking. He ended up coming to my house maybe like in a good 30 minutes just getting off the phone with him. When he did that, I knew something was going to happen. I knew he was serious. So the first thing he did was sat down, took out his pad and pen, and he started writing down notes, taking down notes and all this kind of stuff. So he was asking me my ideas, what I wanted to do. And I pretty much told him that, listen, I've been watching Rap Scene in the basement and I realized that my place, my location is much better how it is. My goal is to have, you know, like I said, my goal was to find a lot of these talented artists in Montreal not only much about all over Quebec, have them come on the show, perform, do what they do, get the recognition. And from there, we take it off to the next level. Um, Sarah, who's also one of the, one of the, our bookies for the show, she's the one who books our, our, all our artists. Mm. She's actually one of the reasons why our show is where it is right now. She pretty much knows these music artists and all these talented artists in Montreal. So she's the one who contacted someone that she knows, contacted us, brought, to, brought us to the show, and she actually brought her nephew, who's also an artist. And KB, who's also another artist, big up KB. Like KB Turcolioni. He was actually one of the first artists. Make a pardon? Like KB Turcolioni. Exactly, KB Turcolioni. Yeah. KB was about? actually Oh, that's how you say it? How do you say it? Turcolioni? KB, KB Turcolioni. Uh, Turcolioni. That's where you go. Turcolioni. That's where you go. KB Turcolioni. For, okay, fresh. Okay. <laughs> I was saying but, it like terrible, and pre Chancobia was making fun of me, yeah. and so I wasn't yeah. trying to say his last name. I was like, okay, KB. Anyway, but yeah, KB Tacolio, and that's where he goes by. Big right. up KB, and um, KB is actually one of the first artists that we interviewed to start the show. Fresh to get the introduction. He was the, he is the one who who started off the show, and Sarah, our bookie, actually had one of her nephews come on the show with his friend, who's also an artist. So we started off from there. And then the next show we had, I can't remember the next show, we had another artist. I forgot the name of the artist so long ago. And we had DJ Judgment. DJ Judgment is one of the mm. top soca DJs right now on Twitch. He was on our show. And when he came on our show, he was actually starting to be a, a soca DJ. He was a DJ back in the days, but right. he didn't label himself as a soca dj so that interview that we did him on the show is when he actually started to be a soca dj and named himself as a soca dj and now he just took it to the next level so i was very happy to have him on the show at that time because at that time is when he just started to bust and right now he's by far one of the top djs on twitch playing the soca music so it was an actually an honor to have him and mm -hmm. knowing that he was on our show 
and yeah, I feel that way. I, I know exactly how that feels, believe it or not, because I have Bashman right. Booth on my show, and it's such a fucking honor to have him here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I mean that. I feel that way about most people, though. Like, I feel like everyone that comes through here, it's like a blessing, you know? Yes. You, get to, you come, you, you share with us. But also, like, seeing that there's all these people watching it, you know, it's like, who knows? Maybe if we all keep doing this kind of thing, especially, yo, you should do your interviews on Twitch. I fucking watch your interviews on well, Twitch. Well, you know what? That's, that's another thing why I actually wanted to do uh, talk to you about, too. That's another thing we're thinking about. Like the oh. Bashman booth doing a the live live event on Twitch as well. So not only DJing on Twitch, but doing also like live events. Have these artists come on and perform. Holy shit, we got yo, we can do that actually. It's very in line with what I want to do next. Mm -hmm. Um, so we started our cipher on uh, Tuesdays, where motherfuckers is freestyling. It's part of why I was confident. I basically spent the last six weeks on Tuesdays freestyling on Twitch in front of peoples and shit, right? So I, I got right. my, my, it's not sharp, it's getting sharper, okay? Like, it's exactly. not what it will be, you know? And don't um, stop, so, don't so stop. Like, nah, nah, man, it's great. It gets good numbers, and then the numbers exactly. keep going up. Plus, yo, we're networking and shit. We, we trying to build up, you know, I'm not like the only person in history that's ever done this, but you still, you create these little communities where people can come together and rap together. That's how you get, like, group tapes. That's how you get collective fan base growth. That's how it's all collaboration. But, yo, I need more interview peoples on Twitch and shit. Like, yo, I look at your, your, your bangers and mash, and it's like 10 hours of DJs. And then every day, y'all are in a different lineup. Every day. Oh, yeah, big, up the, big up so... the bangers of Marshall and especially the vibe charting. Like I said, we have like by far the best DJ lineups. Yeah. Like I said, yesterday we had Don School, the legend. And we have like, you know, we have like DJ Bobby Payne, I Wonder. Big up Preach. Preach is actually one of the guys who actually made DJ Bashman Boot Show. Took it to our next level because he was the one who opened the door for us when he came on the show. Mm. And the ratings, when he was on the show, took us to a whole different level. So I got to thank Preach. Preach put the marking on the show. He put the yeah. marking on Would the you show. you believe that if I'm being honest with you, my whole life changed when I talked to Preach and Kobia one time on Instagram ah, Live? I'm not surprised at all, man. Preach is definitely a, a, definitely a great role model. He's done a lot for us, and he continues to do a lot for everybody. He never thinks about himself. And actually, he's the one who actually put me, he actually is the one who pushed me to go on Twitch and start DJing. Because I knew about the Twitch situation, but I wasn't taking it seriously. I didn't know where Twitch was going to be mm. until now. And I actually thank preachers. He pushed me to go on Twitch. He pushed me, even DJ Ruckers as well. Them guys pushed me to the next level to go on Twitch. No, but it's still really cool. But from like the other end of it, so I come on Twitch because uh yo, so big ups, yo, shout out Willie Scandals for joining us. Uh so like for for uh for Preach talks to me and for two hours straight I got like fifteen words in. I don't even know how to interview proper. I was I was garbage at that moment. <laughs> um and he told me in about nineteen ninety six to nineteen ninety nine. And I was like, the fuck? Like, yo, I didn't even know history existed in this city and shit, right? Like, all of a sudden, preachers breaking down shit, like, shades of, shades of culture, um, fucking butter babies and all this. I actually took notes. Oh, yeah. I watched the whole thing. I have a whole note file from that shit with so many names. I did. I know a lot more of the names now as time's gone on, but it's still a lot of homework to do. Um, but I realized, yo... A lot more people are like me and don't know shit, but still are participating in the scene. So it got me inspired to document the history of the Montreal hip-hop scene, at least on the Anglo side, because the Franco side is going to get a lot of grant money. 
and we're not going to get a lot of grant money. So either we do it or it doesn't happen. That's the facts of the situation, right? So here we are. Rookus, you want to come on the show? Holla. I don't know how to get a hold of you guys. You're usually just Twitch handles. <laughs> like, all the DJs, holla. Come on, man. Y'all got good stories. Good, oh, yeah, good. guys, you Ruckus, man. <laughs> no, but for real, I get the better business talks when I talk to the DJs and the beat makers and shit because y'all, like, made businesses. And a lot of the rappers don't have as good business talks. Not to say that not all rappers are good. Whatever. It's just artists are different, man. Artists are different people. <laughs> you know, like, different yeah, yeah, yeah. But like um, I said, preach, man. The guy is a, he's a great role model. He's done a lot mm. for the city and he continues to do a lot oh. for the city. All of a sudden, I get this call from Preach one day. You're fucking up your Twitch. And he's yeah. in a lecture later. And he's not wrong. He's like, bro, you can't be talking to rappers like that. Yo, he comes at me. Yo, he's giving me like two or three 30 minute lectures. And I swear to freaking God, all of them have enhanced my, my career in some way or another. Because, yeah, I'm not going to argue with a guy if he's right. <laughs> you know? No, like, no, no, I believe that. I, I, same situation with me also, too, with the DJ. Like I said, DJing on Twitch, learning these OBS programs, these streaming things there. It's like, it, it took a while for me to understand that, right? And, and especially the. They get into the new thing. Like I said, we're not DJing the clubs. We're not doing the events anymore. Everything's like at home, but streaming, right? Yeah. And same thing as you. When I first went on live and and doing the raid situation, I'm not too sure if everybody knows what the raid situation is. It's like when you're going from one DJ to the next DJ show and you keep the same viewers and you make the same views go to the next to the next DJ. I fucked it up, man. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I fucked yeah, it up. I did it. And like he let times. me have it. He let me have it. He let me have it. He let me have it, but in a but not in a negative way, in a positive way, right? And that's the thing mm -hmm. about preach. When he when he lets you have it, he doesn't let you have it to bring you down. He makes you into a better person. Yo, but raids are, are cool, uh, cause like, well, that's where I was going with it. Who the fuck do I raid? I raid DJs. Who the fuck else am I gonna raid? There's nobody else for yeah. me to raid. There's no rappers for me to raid. Mm. There's no fucking interviewers for me to raid. Willie, Willie's in the crowd. I can raid Willie, but Willie's more akin to a fucking DJ than not with his show playing music, right? Um, so it ends up being like, I, like, you know what would be blessed? I'm doing a songwriting session because I started doing that. Now I'm writing my whole, all of my music, I'm writing it online on Twitch. Fuck that shit. What am I going to hide it in the bag for? You can write a track <laughs> online. It's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I'm all fuckers is invested. Then they want to cop that shit when it's finished. It's like actually got a really sound business model behind it. If you think it through with the modern market of attention spans, make people be part of the process. Then they're invested. Um, but like, Nobody else is there. I'm like, who do I raid? Who who's there? And I'm like, guys, come to Twitch. Come to Twitch. Nah, my guy. The live shows are coming back, my dude. We're gonna wait for that. I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. I don't know. It's like weird. And I'm like, but the DJs. Look at the DJs. Look at the DJs. <laughs> and mm -hmm. here we are. Now, Twitches, Twitches have been the best thing for us. Actually, I love Twitch. I'm on Twitch 24/7. It's hard for me to even. Get off that app, Twitch. I'm on Twitch all times. And I'm just on Twitch looking at other DJs around the world on it and looking at their versatility and the music that they play. Twitch has, has done a lot for everybody. Straight up. Yo, but like, I okay, like, there's a whole, like, songwriting community, right? Like, motherfuckers just play music live now, like concerts and shit, like out their home. I can rap a whole set out my home right now on beat, make it proper. I can't host a group session out my home. So 
I already know how to do the thing where fucking, well, we'd use my computer and not your computer. But, like, if I came through with a decent computer, run that shit proper because we want to make sure everything's smooth sailing, fucking set it all up proper. We could literally use a space like yours, have a, a bunch of people in the room, and spit fucking live concerts at Twitch, no problem. No problem. It would be right. blessed. And more people would watch. Yeah, true. That's and true. It look, and it would look lit on the gram. Yeah, definitely. I'm telling you, man, Twitch has done a lot. And not only Twitch, I, I've, 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 I've met a lot of new people around the world, DJs. Um, we, you know, we exchange numbers. We're trying to do live events with them as well. So, yeah, Twitch has been a very family-orientated uh, thing. Right? You know, it's a family thing. Twitch has made everybody into a big family. Yo, it's facts, though. Everybody's love on Twitch. Like, look, okay, huh. here's the thing. I went to gamer Twitch one time. That shit was weird, dude. Everybody's kind of like, and I don't mean to do generalize. I had one experience and it was very weird because the attitude in the in the comment section was weird. It just wasn't music Twitch. It wasn't the Twitch of the people I know. But I'm going to be real. Everybody I care about on Twitch is involved in music in some way or another. So right. I mostly give a shit about music Twitch and the rest of Twitch is its own things. And I believe that it is in pockets like that. Um, Twitch was like, like a gamer. It was a gamer app, I think. Twitch was a gamer. I didn't even know it was a gamer. Yeah, until was. us DJs we took so it over. That's that's <laughs> actually what I'm I'm facing is like I'm trying to explain to everybody like yo, 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 yo. Everybody's on Twitch. Uh, DJs is there. I actually say Don Smooth is on Twitch. Preach and Kobe is on Twitch. So often in my life to try to like add social credit to like Twitch being cooler. Okay, right. But, like, the problem is, is it takes small fuckers on average three months to get comfy with the idea of going live. You have to think about your shit. And, and I find sometimes people's a little pushy with it. But, like, it's going to take time for everyone to get comfortable with going live. And that's, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was with me until Preach pushed me to do it. Mm. Exactly uh, what it is. But, like, uh, once you figure it out, yo, listen, my first streams are trash. They're not good, in my opinion. I can't watch the old stuff. I cringe always. I'm not. I, I can't ever watch my old content. Though. I don't. I don't like watching my old stuff. It was actually, though. I watched some clips, and actually, I'm not that bad at the interview thing. I, if I do say so myself, I'm, I'm like, okay, I can watch those clips. But like, yo, in general, it's not my favorite thing to do. So it's like a move forward world. But like, I know that I was bad at Twitch because I was so stressed, and now I'm just like chilling. I don't give a fuck. I was like, whatever. But it's funny you mentioned that because even when I did my first interview on um, DJ Bashman Boot, I actually had to watch myself so I could make sure the next show that I won't any errors I did in the first show, I won't do it for the second show. And then when mm. I did the second or third show, that's when I started getting more relaxed and much more comfortable. And I said, you know what? I know I could do this. Because the same questions I would ask people off the camera, I said I'd do the same thing on the camera, mm. right? But that was my thing. I wasn't doing that. I was actually trying to write down the things, what I want to think about, I want to ask. But I'm like, you know what? I just threw that fucking paper in the garbage. I said, fuck that. I'm just going to answer what I want to answer as if I'm off the camera. Just more relaxed, but much more Yo, that's it. It's more yeah. fun that way. Yo, yeah. I literally do, like, no research. And, I just, yo, my episode one where everybody is the same thing. Your life story. It's just simpler. That yeah. way it's chill. I, and like, I don't know what I'm going to be curious about, but I promise you, no matter who you are, there is going to be something in your story that I'm going to be like, I'm curious. Because, yeah. yo, 
people are fucking interesting i mean already today we learned that bashment booth is a musical prodigy that plays all kinds of instrument from way back you're an athlete <clears throat> you're uh you can sing but you don't like to rap uh <laughs> you run a business upon which you rent out equipment to other people rather than being the guy who rents the equipment which is actually a fascinating fucking hustle honestly yeah. let's be real gear is interesting because yo gear gives you power in ways like like i know a lot of people want to get this perfect sound when they go fucking uh make the musics and the rapping sides but let me tell you one fucking thing moms be singing some shit one time it happened once off of this very mic in this very room motherfuckers don't care like we care <laughs> it's we who exactly. care audio I files care yeah and, and i, I realized because because like when i was doing live events i'm like you know i'm paying the, i'm paying other people for their equipment rent their equipment and the money i would make from the event is like it will come in my pocket and leave because, of course, I have to pay the guy for renting his equipment. Mm. So I'm like, fuck that shit, man. I'm going to save money and, and, and buy my own equipment. So now I'm not going to be uh, depending on uh, renting equipment from from anybody else. I have my own shit. So anytime I do my own events, whatever, I have my own equipment. So now when I'm making the money, I'm not paying nobody for, for the equipment. I have my own shit. So now they're paying me for my equipment. Facts, man. That's Yo, it's a good move. Like, yeah. yo, I don't have to pay for studio time. Honestly, I don't have to worry about that shit. I can buy beats when I can afford beats. I can go at whatever pace I want. If I want to spend 12 hours wasting my time on one takes now, it doesn't cost me more money. But uh, yeah. uh, uh, but uh, are there going to be female artists on Bashment Booth in the future? Oh, absolutely. That, and that's, you know what? I'm happy you mentioned that because till this day, We've been trying to look for a lot of female uh, artists to come on the show. And we've been searching and searching and searching. I'm not saying that uh, there isn't, but we know there's a lot of female artists out there. We're just I'll trying start. to contact them and get them on the show. That's perfect. And so, you know what? It is what I it know. is, man. If you can I've gotten a few. So I got a couple ladies I could send you away. You know who you oh, really want to get, though? Um, Chrisella Nicholas of 514 Online Mix. Because she's doing some crazy shit for the media and getting her on your show would be big. And you want to find people? She's the plug. Yo, oh, she just send started, her my way, man. Send her yo, my she way. Just, um, she just started an online radio shit, for real. It's like she's probably live doing the radio stuff like tonight kind of thing. Like straight up on the website. They own their shit. Fucking player. All Montreal type stuff. All love for the city type thing. And it's really wonderful to see what they're doing with it. There's also fucking uh, Serenity. Serenity's fucking blessed. I don't know if you've seen Serenity. Yo, Serenity's one of them, in my opinion, a top five artist in the city. This is a holding opinion thing, what I like. So she's fucking blessed. She came through like a week ago even. So like I can, you know, that there's um Natasha Marie's blessed. She came through. Laura Lila, here he's blessed and she came through. So I'm pretty sure most of these people, I could be like, yo, Bashman Booth doing the thing. And then Bashman Booth and I talk about how he just needs to pay for a fucking Zoom. Uh, my top five so far has three names in it because i don't have a top five <clears throat> i have a top three of five and there's in no particular order but straight up it's cool man logan it's uh flipstar and it's fucking serenity i don't have other two names yet i haven't thought about it enough i myself fuck that shit i'm in my top five so i have one more name to put uh i decided i like myself enough to be in my top five i listen to my music and it's blessed you don't have to agree with me though that's what the basketball <laughs> totally. show is about man that's what the boot is about and having everybody come on the show and show their talent and get recognition. That's why we do it. 
Once Ooh. again, it's not about the money, man. It's about the love. Nah. And that's facts, though. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to try and get you some people like that. I didn't even know you, you didn't know them. So I'll, I'll try to tell other lady peoples I know. Because, yo, for me, it's the same thing. I'm, like, trying to find female beat makers right now. Uh, lady, I don't mean to use female. I feel like women. I don't know what the right word is. I feel like everybody's offended by a particular word you could pick there. So I just, whatever. Of the opposite gender of mine, uh, peoples who make beats, I am on, like, a mission. And it's, like, so fucking hard to find it like how, you, how do you google it like it's like i know it sounds stupid but like there is this lack of a repository of a base search thing that has like all the people's fucking organized so like i was even looking into like fucking wikipedia software because yo if we just fucking linked up and made a wiki <laughs> then we'd just be able to fucking reach out to each other it's just a big project that i don't want to do by myself but like we need some shit like that because fuck man how do you find people it's so like word of mouth so everybody in my life is like in the same age group for the most part they're all fucking southwest people because i'm an ndg and it's like so hard to get out of my circle so yo it's not none of us are gonna get wikipedia pages ismail because of what the fucking requirements are like maybe nate huss qualifies Maybe three, four other people qualify, but the requirements to get a music Wikipedia page are fucking ridiculous. So the only way we're actually going to get this equity in place properly to get that thing is if we build it ourselves. There's at least one free fucking Wikipedia software, but the project's more fucking huge and I can't do it by myself, but I'm very happy to be involved in that shit. Um, but shit, cause like, man, I'm trying to like reach out. So again, there's the circle, but there's probably two to three thousand fucking MCs on the Anglo side alone. Forget about the Francophone side. I'm not being hyperbolic. There are probably that many just rappers in that motherfucking city. Forget about the R&B. Forget about the bands. Like you know how big our music's. You do know how big our. You're a fucking DJ, of course. You know how big. Yeah. Is. Um. So yeah, I understand your frustration, and I just had to empathize with you because, like, for real. It's hard to find people. And there's so much talent, man. Everybody's good. Like, everybody's good in this city. It's almost good, like man. there might be some people that maybe don't know where they're at in the game. But even their shit's good. But that's what the show is about. And that's why we have uh, Sarah. Sarah seems to know majority of these artists. And that's why we we have her in charge. And, and, just, and she just books them. They send her all their demos, their information, everything that she's supposed to receive from them and then uh what she actually does is that that's the thing about sarah she has a good open ears when it comes to talent as well mm. and she's the one who actually picks which artists that she feels will be a, a perfect uh match for a show to come on for the next one right she's not like uh she said oh, this artist is better this one whatever she just says you know what this artist could be the next one i'm gonna have you come on the show and from there they come on the show and they do what they do. Right. No, I mean, plain and enough. simple. Yeah, plain and simple, you know. And uh, like I said, the Bashman Boot Show, uh, we've been around about, it's about two years. We're going on three years as we speak. You know, of course, about the curfew and everything that's going on, it kind of holds us back a bit. But like I said, we could find a way to work things around. And the Twitch situation, we could have them perform live on Twitch as well. Literally, yes. Honestly, your your setup is proper for it. And are you, if you're, and if you're registered as a business, it's legal. Yes, exactly. 
I mean, just throwing it out there so that people don't know that shit. As long as you're registered as a business, it's it's legal to do something like that. And Bashman's place is actually big enough to reasonably keep the two meters apart shit in place and, Absolutely. and like, make it legit. So, like, of all the people I know, your crib is one of the only viable places I know to fucking actually hold the show proper. But, yeah, in theory, you just fucking run that at the Twitch. Which, If y'all are interested in something like that, y'all got to let us know, though, because, like... These are all things that can happen, right? Like technologically speaking, it's not. I know he's got the gear. I've been in the place and seen the stuff. That'd be blessed. You can elevate that. Interviews though, shit. Just sit there in front of the camera like this, and then have a zoom with the next person, <laughs> and then you set up a little thing in the OBS, and uh, you fucking hit stream, and you put some names on it. I'm all fucker stick around because the conversation's blessed. And you just keep it running, my guy. People are like that, and then. Back to where I was going with the who do I raid. Then I'm like, yo, we just did an interview. Bashman Boots doing an interview. Let me hit that shit. You know, mm-hmm. like, and uh, it gives you a whole other lane to explore. Because, yo, talk radio is lit. Motherfuckers be feeling that shit according to the stats. I didn't even know talk radio was lit. Oh, it's lit, it, man. It's lit. I didn't even know it was lit, too, until I did the show, too, the Bashman Boot. Mm. Everything is lit, man. We have a good conversation and you know the right thing to say, the great topics, man. You, you got to attract so much people. It just goes on and on. You don't even realize it. No, like, so I'm realizing it now as I live this part of my life and this yeah. has been what I do here. <laughs> but it's also cool because we've been fucking around with that cipher and it's not necessarily my perfect vision of a show. It was more like the best I could do. Right. And it's kind of like a giant ad to sell Montreal beats. Everybody in the cipher is Montreal beat makers. Right. So that's my favorite part of that. Rappers can be from anywhere. I don't give a fuck where you're rapping from. But right. like the beats has to be Montreal. And yo, mm-hmm. also, the, there's a lot of young peoples. You got to make sure you bring in some of the young peoples that are doing some big things right now in this city. Like, I'm talking, I talked to this 17 year old. <laughs> I didn't know he was 17 until like five minutes before the interview started. And I'm like smoking a joint like, oh, you're a minor. Shit. I don't know what the ethics are on that crap. Um, And this guy was like telling me Instagram strategies. And I'm like taking notes and shit. I'm like, yo, you got to talk to some of these young ones, man. They're going to up your social media game. going to be giving you tips that you can't learn in master classes because everybody in the master class also doesn't know how to be 17. That's some true facts right there. Yo, all I'm saying is that's a big thing that I'm fucking loving. It's just how we, like, can, can can communicate via this world with anybody. Like, let's be real. Like, ain't nobody going to your crib to do shit that often. I bet there was a limitation in trying to find people willing to come to your place at a given time. Because just life, you know? Right. And now with Twitch, it's like, boop, boop, boop. And people's just fucking online talking. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I'll tell you one thing. Ain't no way any of my interviews would go fucking three hours at a time if it was fucking in person. And so, like, I'm not inclined to make them real life. I think they're going to stay on Zoom. It's like, true. They would That's never true. would. Everyone acts like it would. I'm like, nah. None of us are. Everybody's going to be looking at their clock at 8.30 being like, bro, I got to gotta eat you know like but yo when you're on the zoom you're like well i'm fucking home you know like yeah exactly exactly that's the same thing about what you talk about especially when you're djing on twitch is that like you have to rush and try to step out and get dressed and go to freaking every club whatever at a certain time to get ready to set up and start mixing right just have to make sure that the computer is on the obs program is set up properly you have a good camera angle and you're just ready to go 
Just make sure you have a good internet provider because if you don't have a good internet provider, forget about it, man. I already learned that already. Like I said, I did maybe like one or two shows already. And then the second show, when I had the buffering situation, I said, nah, man, fuck that. Never again. Called my internet provider, let them know I'm doing streaming and doing live events. They told me straightforward, my my internet is too slow. (laughs) It's not going to work out, man. So I had to upgrade on that. So no, any DJs good. out there, man, make sure the first thing is make sure you have a great internet provider. If you don't, good luck. It's not going to work Bro, out. I, I swear, um, I switched to Videotron because, uh. I, yo, everybody else, like the, the e-boxes and them motherfuckers, when your shit goes mm. down, they're like, nah, 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 bro, read your contract. If shit goes down, it's Videotron's fault or it's Bell's fault, right? It's yeah. never their fault. So I'm like, hold the fuck up. That means if shit goes down, I, I'm fucked. You, you don't get anything. That's part of the cheap prices. But Videotron shit goes down. That motherfucker is giving me a free bill or some shit because it's their problem. You're lucky so to like, get a fucking free bill. You're lucky. I won't get it. You'd be lucky. Bill, I know that. You'd be <laughs> I was lucky. just being like, well, that was my thinking. <laughs> but then I got Videotron. And I swear it's fucking great. And then I found out they got new internet that was like cheaper than what I was paying, but a lot better numbers. So my shit's been pretty smooth sailing since I did that. But yo, it's 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 important to have like a really good up connection. Like absolutely, Twitch says six, which means you probably need like twenty. Because yo, even if you see twenty, you're not getting twenty. You're getting like less than twenty. That's like the perfect scenario. So I don't know. You just got to make sure that your up is good. Um, what time do you have to leave us? Because I know you have to go to work. Um, I have about good 15 minutes left. I'm good for, for a good 15, 20 minutes that's, tops. That's what I was figuring. So I did want to know a little bit what some of your other plans for the future was so that the people could go. Meanwhile, if y'all have questions, this would be a wonderful time to ask them. But like I was saying, the, back to the female artist, definitely I would... Um, I, I could use your help. I'm looking for a lot of female artists to come on the show. That's one of my main priorities. We have a lot of male t- artists that came on the show, but always looking for female artists, DJs, whatever you can find. Right. Um, yeah, I'm with you. And I think it's super important to highlight the, the ladies of the scene personally. Cause, hey, Absolutely. Me, so I went to two shows that were all women. They were the two best local rap shows I've ever been to. Every lady came through ready to spit. She knew every bar to every track. When shit went good, they just switched to fucking freestyles. It was like, it was impressive as fuck, honestly. I was blown away because I'd never seen that. I've never seen every rapper at a show (laughs) show up ready to fucking spit. They might be ready to perform. But we're talking like by themselves on the stage, no posse, ready to go. I was like, shit. That's, That's seriously... Uh, we got a, co- a question from Ishmael. Um, are there any young DJs that we should follow? Uh, young absolutely. DJ Ruckus, by far. Um, upcoming young artist, DJ. He 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 knows what he's going to do. He just need to direct him and take him off to another level. But he has the music. He has the skills, talent, whatever. Just needs to keep on pushing. You have DJ Ruckus. Um, man, uh... Yeah, well, what's the, there's a DJ, what's in DJ Kaz. You have another DJ. He's doing his movements right now. He's a young DJ. He's been on the movements for a while now, a couple of years. I started to follow him a bit because I keep on hearing things about him in DJ competitions, whatever. Man, there's a, there's, there's a lot of DJs 
out there and there's a lot of them I do not know and that's what I say the booth is about but those two DJ definitely DJ Ruckus is actually one of the DJs right now you need to watch out for he I'm has the music he, he 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 knows how to rock a party everywhere I go I bring him along with me and I show him the ropes and he knows exactly what to do. he sees how it is the same thing how Don Smooth what he did with me I follow Don Smooth he showed me how it is I do the same thing as Ruckus, and hopefully the same thing Ruckus would do with someone else that's mm. younger than him as well. Yo, that's the way it should be, though. It exactly. took me a long time to learn that shit, though. For real, it took me a long, long time to learn that that's how it should be. But I think that's um that's something I'm trying to change is to remind people of my age group, us millennials, that maybe we should give a fuck about elevating the youth because like, absolutely, who, who else is fucking doing it? If we don't do it, who's going to do it? Oh, I look at kinda. Even Don Smooth, Don Smooth's son, Junior Smooth, I call him. Watch out for him too. I know he's gonna be on the next level. He watch. He's just gonna be just like his father, even better. I like that. Right, Smooth. If you're still there, <laughs> I didn't even know that Don Smooth had a son that was uh, that was. Uh, oh, uh, doing this thing I didn't like even that. know he was like that too until the Smooth sends me clips of his son mixing. I'm like, man, Junior, junior Smooth in effect. Smooth. Watch out like for Junior that. Smooth, man. That's fresh, man. Man, I appreciate you coming through. I think this is a fucking great episode. I think it was it was a fun time. Um, I appreciate that you're having me, man. I love everything you're doing. Like I said, same thing what you're doing on, on Twitch is the same thing I've been trying to do with the DJ Bash with Boots. So you have the same I, idea. I feel that shit, man. Yeah. So I fucks with it heavy. That makes you part of the squad of peeps. You, Absolutely. 4 Online Mix. We got we to gotta link up and make big things happen. That's what it That's is. That's the whole point, man. You know, we're not trying to sell it. We're trying to get exposure, trying to make everybody better. You and I working together and everybody else. We can make it happen. Like I said, you have the connections with the female artists and everyone else. You just send them my way. That's all it is. And whatever Ooh. connection I have, I send it your way. So Ga Gabrielle had another question about dancers, to which I only know one, and I tried to get him on my show, and then he bailed on me. But I would personally fucking love to have dancers, uh, because yo, they're fucking interesting people, and to me, I, they're an element, and it needs to be explored. Would you have dancers Absolutely. on your show? Absolutely, we'll have dancers on the show, DJs, artists, even athletes. Mm. Our show is not only basic music. Anything that can help anybody get recognized, Ooh. whatever skills and talents you have. That's what it's about. That's what I'm telling you, Montreal, Quebec, we have so much talented people. We're just trying to get them exposed and help them out. And the same thing, we're helping them. They're helping us out as well, getting our show recognized, right? So we're helping each other out. And that's how it's supposed to be. We help each other out. Everything positive always happens. Yeah, I appreciate that for real, does. Yo, what do you think about the fact that Quebec has a hip-hop show on TV right now? Oh, it's about time. It should have been a long time ago, for crying out loud. It should have been that long time ago. I've, I believe that was a long time ago. A lot of things wouldn't be happening. It's about mm. time. Quebec should have had that long time ago. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, long uh, time ago. I bring that up because I'm pretty sure the guy we're raiding because Ismail redeemed the raid, the channel fucking perk. Uh, wants us to go to Lamef, who I believe is doing our live reaction to it. So if y'all want to see some fucking Quebec hip-hop in action, that's something to stick around for. But yeah, so do you have any last words to the peoples out there? Well, I want to, like I said, uh, DJ Bashman Boot Show. If anybody's watching the show and they want to know, like I said, we welcome everyone. Everyone who has talented, everyone who's... Uh, doesn't matter. If you know you want to get recognized... 
DJ DJ Bashman Boot Show, this is what we do. We help you get recognized. And not only that, we're helping you, you're helping us as well Mm -hmm. get recognized too, right? So we're helping each other out. Bring in the female DJs, female artists, whatever you can bring. Come to the show, man. Come to the show. And once you come to the show, you realize the atmosphere. Once you come to my place, you already feel that you're welcome. You already know that. Yeah, Everybody that comes to my place always feels welcome. They never leave with an empty stomach. There's always food, drinks, whatever. That's another thing about our show. Every artist that comes to our show, they always have food and, and something to drink. They never leave empty hands. Never. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was facts. There was food there. <laughs> yeah, always. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know there was food. <laughs> but yo, thank y'all for watching too, because honestly, at the end of the day, and anybody can hit me up. My name is Holden. It's pretty easy to find me. And we can uh, work out whatever, whatever, and find more people's. But um, thank y'all for watching for real. It's uh, it's really appreciated that y'all stuck to it. Y'all kept it up. Shout out Vibe Media for the follow. Even getting a follow now right at the end. That's fucking blessed stills. Um, it's dope. It just it always makes it more fun when the comments are going. And it kind of like creates that more of a show environment, right? Like it's just doper. I know it's not real life, but it's fucking close enough for me these days, you know? Especially when you can't go outside anymore. Holy shit, I can leave the apartment for seven more minutes. Anyway, okay, I'm done with that. But um, I really appreciate all y'all for real. Um, And also thank y'all in the future watching this on the YouTubes or listening on the Spotify or however you're consuming this content. You're appreciated as well. Make sure to follows and subscribes and likes and all that good shit. And special thanks to the patrons. It's Mel Gadamsey, Chris Prada, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Scribble. Dope to support what we do. If you're on Twitch and you got an Amazon Prime Zipoo, you can go ahead and subscribe for free. And that would be mad fucking helpful. And otherwise, if you're in the future, patreon.com slash behind that suit. And that would be super blessed. Otherwise, yo, I appreciate all of y'all for real. Live long and prosper, everyone. And. I-